Um, good morning, Alan. I suppose I haven't had a, a good enough opportunity to read the report in detail, so I'm really working off the, the coverage that I've seen um, last night and this morning. Um, I think it's frightening. I, I do believe that that actual fact is being contested by HSE, who say that they raised that issue. So I think there's, you know, we need to be careful um, that uh, in looking at the real experience, I suppose, of, of young people. And certainly our experience at CAMS is that, you know, there are definitely some concerns as to waiting this at various times, but there are an awful lot of young people who have had huge support from CAMS down through the years. Um, we've worked on a pilot with them pre-COVID um, that worked with young people, ourselves, Care Care and, um, and CAMS, that worked with young people with um, debilitating levels of anxiety, where we um, created a space for the young people to come together and learn to socialise. Now, it was hugely intensive piece of work, but it was quite innovative by CAMS, particularly, I'd say, to get involved in that and work with two community-based organisations to make a real difference for the young people who participate in those programmes. Um, I think, you know, there are very good people working in CAMS, and certainly from what we've heard from young people on the ground, some people don't get the experience of the service they need, but a lot of them do. And it would be very important to acknowledge that. And do you feel, Mar- uh, Margaret, that that could be too? It could be too easy to gloss over all of the the positives uh, that come from the camp services in light of, you know, stories like this and reports yeah. like this making the headlines. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know across the country, it's clear that camp services is under pressure, struggling to fill um, places, and I think. We've got to really have a, com- have a conversation, a much bigger conversation, because CAMS is just part of the continuum of care for young people struggling. So, you know, we have to look at, I think we need a conversation of, you know, why are we seeing such high levels of anxiety? We have youngsters who have a language around mental health now that they didn't have 10, 20 years ago. So a youngster, you know, maybe 10 years ago would have talked about being nervous or struggling but now talk about anxiety, which is terrifying. But actually, when you look at it, some of it is just, um, you know, low-level, normal anxiousness around the changes that are taking place. For other young people, there is a real need for intervention. And it would be important that young people can access a range of supports because young people need to be able to move through um, a range of supports rather than just CAMS being the only service, because it isn't, you know. Um, I saw Cullman Noctor came out recently and it's something we've been saying for years, you know. Um, Young people need space to disconnect. Um, Why are we seeing young people so anxious now all the time? During COVID, there was a piece of research conducted actually by young people in Clare and one of the things they asked was, you know, what are the positives? And young people responded that one of the big positives for them was that they managed to step off the hamster wheel. So... You know, you're coming out of school, you're going to after school, you're going to um, a sports, you might be doing arts. You know, it's the continuous pressure of class after class after class and no time to just be bored. And I saw yeah. Colman Nocter, who's a renowned child psychologist, saying, um, you know, one of the things for this year is we need to be creating spaces and supporting spaces where young people can learn about social and emotional development, those spaces where they can just relax. And he recommended youth clubs as being part of that solution. So, um, yeah, I think it's too easy just to, to, you know, damn cams now. I think we need to say, look, what is needed um, throughout the country in terms of a range of supports that help young people address 
increasing level of anxiety. Okay. Uh, Mary, what did you make of what you saw in terms of the findings from uh, that Inspector of uh, Mental Health Service report? To be honest, it was chilling reading. Um, when you read a report or an interim report like this, and, and Dr. Fenerty thought it was important before she completed her study to bring out this report when she saw that four out of five areas that she had been working in were lacking. Um, you know, that this, when you, when you look at it, like the, 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 we need the service, it needs to remain open. It also needs to have ring fence funding, which is hugely important because each year they have to go to the pot to get funding. There should be, you know, an allocated funding every single year. Um, that, but what I found really offensive, and if I was a parent, I'd find this very upsetting, was the, the referral to lost children. You lose your sunglasses. You don't lose a child in the system like this. And for the parents and for that child to feel ignored and disregarded, it must have been absolutely terrifying. And they're saying now that they're monitoring um, children that haven't been seen for six months with a particular focus on monitoring those on these neuroleptic medications, which are antipsychotic medications, and they're used to treat and manage symptoms of many psychiatric disorders. There could be 4,000 of these in the system. That's a huge amount of young people. And they're saying that um, they, another area I found really distressing was that in certain areas where people have turned 18, that there was no planning as regards their discharge or transition to adult services. These young people are being left at sea. And, and you know, CAMS deals with children. These are all under 18 and you, you and absolutely the staff that are there are amazing and they do wonderful work. But like everything else within the HSE, they're under massive, massive pressure. But just to find the children that were on this anti-psychotic medication, like they need regular blood tests, they need to be monitored physically regular, on a regular basis. Um, and all of that, that's international best practice. But we don't have that code even in Ireland. Um, you know, to monitor these children and see how they're getting on. Can they come off it? Can their dose be, you know, cut back? Maybe another drug might might help them as they're improving. I, I, it, it's chilling reading, to be honest with you. If, you. if you are a parent of a child who's going through a crisis, and these kids are in crisis, you don't go to CAMS uh, with your young person, a teacher or a parent or a guardian, doesn't refer them unless they are seriously worried about the child and their behaviour and their emotional health. So um, over the last couple of days, reading the different uh, parts of the report has been, it's heartbreaking. There's no two ways around it. And the lack of governance is, is a serious issue. Like the, the, the Dr. Vinicius report identified a number of things that need to be dealt with immediately. Um, and they, 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 when you're reading the lived experiences of families, um, one family said that their child was inside in the emergency room for four days waiting to see a consultant psychiatrist. And some doctors have referred children into the, the emergency room in order for the children to be seen quicker. Um, there was also um, another thing that I found quite chilling was that there's a lack of integrated care where there's disagreements over which organisation or where should they go next to provide treatment or assess, assessment for a distressed child. You know, when there be news of, you know, just being moved from A to B, it, it, it's heartbreaking. But the, the overall findings, um, like the long waiting list, we're aware of that the clinical governance and staffing problems that that needs to be dealt with and the variations in care which I've just brought up there with you, the children being lost, I found that that word lost so incredibly offensive, I'd say parents were feeling the same way Um, the the absence of monitoring the lack of therapeutic interventions and the lack of emergency out of hours uh, care and services 
like these are all identified and this is only halfway through the report now unfortunately the Midwest is in this and we all received an email this morning from the HSE saying that the the um, by the end of March they're hoping to have doubled their staff essentially uh, from 7.2 whole time uh, equivalents up to 3.6 or from 3.6 they're hoping to have that uh, recruitment done by the end of March of this year now good luck with that and I hope that happens but as I said it's chilling reading to read this and 140 children here in the Midwest um, you know have not been contacted or have not had any follow up and I find that heartbreaking for them uh, just to bring in Anne Norton at this point then, Anne, what did you make of what you saw in the report? And, you know, Mary's highlighted some things there, as has Margaret, uh, ring-fencing funding every year, better governance, planning for the discharge and transition to adult services of those who are aged 18 and over. What other actions would you like to see be taken to address the issues that this interim report highlighted? Um, I think when you see a report and some of the headlines are... Um, in inefficient, uh, unsafe um, for a service that is actually uh, for uh, young children and adolescents, um, and the fact that it is mental health services. We've been trying to work on young children and teenagers and and adults. Um, over the last number of years to try and get them to speak about mental health issues. Uh, we don't want the the term uh, to be tabooed. We want people to be open about it um, and we want people to talk about it. But when you actually see a report like this, um, there is a lot of parents that are actually going to um, get a shock get um, a surprise but unfortunately this is happening for a long number of years um, and in the Midwest we we are unlucky in the sense that we don't have the services um, for children and um, teenagers uh, for in-house services um, there is only um, a small amount of beds in Galway that can cater for um, up to 18 years of age. So we're quite limited um, on that side. The other thing that I find quite interesting is is the actual the teams that they speak about. You know, multidisciplinary teams. You have in CAMS. You're supposed to have a psychiatrist, psychologist, clinical nurse, specialist, social worker. OT speech um, and then you have the administration. Now one of the issues that has um, arisen in the area with the CH3 area over the last number of years is the recruitment of psychiatrists and that is one of the first um, medical profession professional that you should be meeting uh, if and when you actually look um, for somebody if they have mental health issues or if they have uh, suicidal thoughts or if they are under pressure. Um, And unfortunately, the multidisciplinary teams are not available. Um, So that 
is the start of a process that cannot be fulfilled because we do not have the the proper multidisciplinary teams. Okay, um, and can I just ask you, because Margaret mentioned, you know, that her experience through Clare Youth Service, uh, you know, uh, in terms of members seeking help from CAMS, that there, there's, there are positives about the service as well and that, that it could be easy for that to get lost in relation with this story in mind. I mean, w- would you go along with that? I mean, through your experience of CAMS from working with the, the Clare Crusaders and the children who attend, are, are, you know, are there issues there, but there are also positives, but that perhaps don't get highlighted as much? Um, I think, you know, the positives are once you get onto the onto their system um there is a service the 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 hardest part is actually getting from the waiting list onto um <clears throat> the treatment the treatment might not be medication uh, the treatment might need a psychologist you might need a psychologist um and that might work but unfortunately we are not getting um, enough of the services that um, is needed. Like I, I am inundated, and I have been um, before I even became a counsellor about the fact that there was a lack of services. The one thing we also have to understand is why is CAMS there? What is CAMS? providing a service or who is CAMS providing a service for and unfortunately CAMS has been inundated with referrals from other teams um, from the likes of Kesh which works with children that have a, a mix of disabilities and when they can't or they don't have the staff to support this family they refer them on to CAMS. Sometimes they don't need to be going to CAMS because um, there is other treatments that can be available. Um, Like, again, two years ago, the College of Psychiatrists called for um, staff to put in place. They've looked for recruitment. And again, one of the issues is retention trying to keep the staff um, and again this is across unfortunately all areas of the HSC um, they need more investment in uh, the CAM service um, the funding of 1.3 million uh, needs to be increased to I would say at least 2 million um, and there has to be a, a robust plan put in place. Okay. Uh, and any child that, or any young person that is on medication, the thought of them not having blood tests or their, um, their any, uh, you know, a medical uh, examination due to the fact they are on anti-biotic anti, 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 um, drugs is scandalous. 
Okay, uh, we, we, we'll just pause for a moment, I think, and uh, we'll take a break and we'll return with more uh, on this particular story. We're joined by Margaret Slattery, Mary Howard and Anne Norton and we will have more coverage and reaction to the uh, Mental Health Commission report on CAMS after this break. And you're very welcome back to the show where we're continuing our coverage of the Inspector of Mental Health Service report on CAMS, the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services. We are joined by uh, the CEO of Clare Youth Service, Margaret Slattery, uh, Finnegal Councillor for Ennis and member of the Regional Health Forum West, Mary Howard and the Independent Councillor for Ennis and Clinic Manager with the Clare Crusaders, uh, Anne Norton. And Margaret, just to go back to you, you spoke about the experience of, of those from Clare Youth Service seeking help from CAMS and that there were positives there as well. Would that be echoed by the opinions you've heard of young people coming to the service about the mental health services that are available to them? And would you, would you have any concern that young people in this region are being neglected in any way? Well, look, there's never going to be enough services for the needs, and that's the reality. And certainly, um, and, I, and I would say this again, CAMS can't be the only solution. We need a continuum of care for young people across various levels around mental health. And um, they're just one part of, of the response. Um, certainly, you know, there are young people. Like, it's, it's absolutely terrifying when a youngster has a, a serious mental health difficulty. It's terrifying for the child. It's terrifying for the parents. Um, and trying to identify, look, what is the most appropriate um, support for the youngster can be a real challenge. You know, I think it would be really valuable to have people come from the HSE and talk about the range of supports that are there so the parents are better informed. Um Certainly, yeah, we've had youngsters who struggle. I, I take Mary's point, uh, the transition from um, adolescent to adult services uh, is definitely um, a point of, of uh, real pressure for young people. And that transition, certainly with older teens, um, doesn't always go well. Um, and young people can, you know, have a fault to get into um, adolescent services and then they're out and they have to fight again to get back in, which can take some time. And if somebody's on, you know, a, a good path, a good treatment path, then that actually can set them back um, fairly significantly. And there's a massive difference between uh, the services for adolescents than for adults, you know. So um, there's an interesting piece of research going on at the moment that SIPSI are funding um, the Children and Young People Services Committee, which is looking at what are young people saying are the mental health needs um in Clare and I think and mentioned that we need to be listening to young people and their families and the professionals about what is needed. Um, I think the, the purpose of that research is to look at a kind of community-based mental health service. We need to have, you know, a really good register of qualified counsellors who are able to work with adolescents and parents need to be confident that if they're getting counselling or accessing counselling that they're actually getting somebody who can actually do the job well. Um, there's lots of things that can happen uh, to support better mental health for young people than just fund camps. It certainly needs to be properly resourced and well resourced but they're facing challenges that I think practically every business in, in Ireland is facing at the moment that's the difficulty of recruiting staff recruiting and retaining staff um, and I think when you're looking at something like mental health difficulties young people can't be dealing with a different therapist every time they go in they need some consistency in terms of, of service and that's very important because I think for them to actually feel confident in their care they're getting 
the trust and relationship is really important. They need to to build, um, to have confidence in the professional that they're connecting with and that can't be a different person every time they turn up for an appointment. Of course, this wouldn't be the first time we've heard issues mentioned in relation to CAMS. Would you be pointing the finger at the government? Is this a government failure uh, that uh, the child and adolescent mental health services have been allowed to, to operate in these type of conditions, very unsatisfactory conditions? Um, there's definitely a resourcing problem from what I hear. Um, you know, I've the people I have met working in CAMS consistently over 30 years have been decent people who were there trying to make um, a difference. Um, they're doing their best. There's nobody sitting there drinking coffee and twiddling their thumbs. You know, they're flat out trying to respond to need. But there's been a massive increase in the numbers of young people who are presenting with mental health difficulties, particularly, I would say, anxiety. We see that across all our programmes. Um, you know, we've we've one kind of targeted programme where the cohort of young people presenting has changed almost entirely to a situation where it's now young people presenting with very high levels of anxiety. And that requires a very slow and intensive um, uh, level of intervention that isn't even resourced here, do you know? Um, there's a, there's a push on always having numbers and the reality is that when you have youngsters experiencing acute anxiety, actually getting them involved in, in um, any sort of programme or any type of social setting is a very slow, um, intensive, okay. one-to-one piece of work. So, you know, I don't know, I, I don't imagine that, that um, the blame, laying blame anywhere really is important. What we need to be looking at is what are the solutions? Okay. Okay, well, okay, more investment. That seems to be the big one that's been mentioned by everybody. And uh, Mary, in terms of solutions, apart from the political side of things, uh, is this so- something you're going to be bringing to both the full council and also, uh, I mentioned you're, you're, you're a member of the Regional Health Forum West, uh, bringing to their attention as well? Yeah, I brought it before the Health Forum there last year as well to get numbers and statistics because uh, even in this, and this is, as I said, an interim report that they said that 4% of children were waiting over 12 months for an assessment appointment. 28% were waiting over three months. That's wrong. That's, you know, that's not... You, you don't, on a whim, decide you want to refer a child for CAMS. There is a real and a serious issue with the young person. They could be a danger to themselves. They could be self-harming. They could have suicide ideation. You know, they need to be seen as quickly as possible. Margaret, there reference to staff, and the staff were also mentioned in, in Dr. Finnerty's report, where they say that the CAM staff often work beyond their contracted hours and without compensation. There was evidence of stress and burnout in a significant number of staff, and morale with some is at an all-time low, and that really needs to be addressed because the staff are doing their best, it's just there isn't enough staff to go around. As regards to the lack of governance, the review also found that the lack of governance in many areas is contributing to some inefficient and unsafe CAM services through pressure and to uh, uh, through pressure to manage risk and failure to fund and recruit key staff. And that bringing in your long waiting list, your unacceptable variations of care, a lack of capacity to provide appropriate um, therapeutic interventions, the lack of emergency CAM services, staff shortages, staff shortages, and a lack of ICT systems among other issues. So there's a huge amount of stuff there that needs to be done and dealt with as soon as possible. And then uh, Dr. Finnity issued two immediate recommendations to the HSC and the Minister for Health, uh, Minister Mary Butler, that an immediate clinical review of all open cases in all, in all of the CAMS teams focusing on the lost 
Jesus. Now, as I said, I take offence to saying that a child has been lost and lost in the yeah. system. I think that's appalling. But also for the Minister for Health to seriously ensure the priority that there's immediate regulation of CAMS under the Mental Health Act of 2001. And that would also, should include ring fence funding. So at least that there is a plan there that they can recruit um, and that there would be consistency of care. Because another big issue that came up was that um, sometimes if a child was admitted to an emergency department, they would meet a, a, a non-psychiatric consultant who would take care of them there and then, and the care path might not be the most appropriate. So, you know, that we need to ensure that we have the staff on the ground when they are needed. Because you, when a child is referred to CAMS, there are serious concerns for their well-being and the safety of that child. We also need accountability and leadership within CAMS and within the HSE, right across the board within the HSE. You know, that so many things happen but nobody seems to be accountable at any stage that needs to be addressed and also for anybody who's listening today that is worried about their child there is a 1-800 number for this today and the next few days it's 1-800-700-700-1-800-700-700 and that's CAMS at the HSE if you have any questions or any worries and equally come back to us if we can help in any way Okay. But it's just this is having hugely negative impact on the parents and the children while this, you know, bottleneck has happened. Uh, and Anne, just to finish with yourself then, is this something you're going to be uh, bringing to the council and will you be trying to speak or lobby uh, our Rockdus members to, to try and take action on this? Because as I say, this is a damning report and it's not the first time that issues relating to camp services have been have been highlighted. Hey, Alan, it is something that I have been continuously uh, advocating um, because of the fact that we would get uh, quite a number of parents contacting us um, to try and help um, their their child. Um, and unfortunately, we, we do not have um, the multidisciplinary team um, to actually help the more, um, you know, serious or profound cases um, but when you look at the fact that the likes of Jigsaw who again is a service provider um, and again have a great reputation um, and are um, an organisation that is helping so many so many young people there is an inc- increase um, in their figures as well. Um, so I think um, not alone support has to be given to CAMS, but support also has to be given to the likes of Jigsaw, who is also providing um, support, and the likes of Pieta House, um, in, in a lim- Pieta House in a limited number due to the fact that, again, you know, the increase of referrals has grown but I think what we need is we need to restore trust among um, the public and um, we need to restore um, the fact that um, again parents are scared for their own children because of the fact that um, a lot of the time they don't know where to go or who to go to um, and when you do go to the, the likes of the A&E's, unfortunately, 
there might not be a psychologist or a psychiatrist um, available. Um, and a lot of a lot of children are sent home in the care of their parents, and that is very distressing um, for families because they are, um, you know, very anxious over the fact that their child is suffering, um, and it's not a, a fixable solution, um, a quick fixable solution. Unfortunately. You know, mental health can take um, months or years, um, you know, to overcome. Yeah. But you have to have the right services for the individual. Um, and okay. If we don't have, if we don't have the psychiatrists and the psychologists available for. The, the young, the young people, like we're talking, very young, two, three years of age, up to eighteen. Uh, sometimes sixteen-year-olds come off the system at sixteen, but parents need to fight to keep them in that system until eighteen years of age. Okay, and but we. What do, I, what we, I, we, we do. We do. Have, if you just finish, I want to finish yeah. that point there, Anne, and we, we have to yeah. finish then. What what we need as well is, especially in the Midwest, we need beds available for young people that have uh, mental health issues. We need to have a special um, area of, of safety for these young people rather than going to St. Pat's in Dublin because we do not have enough beds in Galway to cater for Clare Limerick and North Tip. The beds are in Galway. We need to have our own beds.